Hey, 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 it's your girl, Sin, a.k.a. She is New Day, and you are joining me and my co-hosts for Cannabis and Chardonnay, so you know what time that is, pour your favorite glass, roll up your favorite strand, and let's talk about what's going on in this world. One of the things that's happening in this world right now is suicide, mm-hmm. and I just want to just let you guys know that this is going to be a heavy topic tonight. Suicide is nothing to play with. Depression is nothing to play with. Mental health is nothing to play with. And I can't help but think all of these people killing themselves is an outcry of some sort. It started a few years back with, you know, Chester, you know, from Lincoln Park. His best friend, Chris Cornell, killed himself months prior to that. Um, You see all of these sad cases like Avicii and to the most recent Kate Spade and Anthony. And it's just really, 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 really sad, you know, and this particular issue of mental health specifically affects me and touches me because I suffer from mental health, bipolar disorder. And for many years, I did not want to admit to it. I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm cool. But as I started growing older and being a woman, having my hormones start to affect me differently, the mental battle becomes stronger. So before we get into that, you know, I just want to give you a little disclosure that this is going to be a heavy topic, you know, but before we get too heavy, let's lighten it up with my beautiful people. We have creative bullying stylists in the building. Yo, yo, yo. Stylists say something to the people. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How can the people get in touch with you if they want to know what you've been up to? Well, you can always visit, first off, my website, twostylist.com, T-O-S-T-Y-L-I-S.com. Uh, secondly, I'm an avid Twitter person, so you can find me at the same name, T-O-S-T-Y-L-I-S. Uh, at Two Stylist Twitter, I'm avid. I have a lot of influence there, and yeah, that's that's where you can find me, like direct. All right, we'll find him direct. <laughs> Apart from email. Apart from email. Yeah. And we got my boy, Creative Bully Media. What's going on with you, Boo? What up? What up? Hey, I need y'all to follow me at on Instagram at Creative Bully. I'm working on. Um, making my feed more entertaining and I'm start doing more live stuff and I'm about to change the game. So, yo. yeah. 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 So reach out to the homie. So people we're talking about suicide and I, I wanted to name this week's episode something provocative because it was something that I saw many years ago and it, it <laughs> It touched me then in a negative way, and, and I'm watching it manifest now. Um, it started with Neil's Russian Roulette. Do you guys remember that song? No, I don't remember Sorry. that. Let me be more clear. It was Rihanna's song, Russian Roulette, but it was written by Neil. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was about her saying, get the gun, pull the trigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. And she was playing Russian Roulette with herself in a room all by herself. And I remember at the time... I was working for a high-profile celebrity. One day we'll get into that. But I was the right hand to a very high-profile celebrity. And I remember watching this video being debuted on television and having uh, an immediate reaction that made me leave the room. And I walked out the house and I stood on the porch and I was trying not to cry. And at the time, this was about 2009, okay? I was standing, I'm like, oh my God. This people, kids are going to listen to this and the right, wrong person at the right, wrong time is going to do something with what they hear. Those of us who are creators, we're prophetic. And I'll tell you why I feel that way. We have the ability to see things that aren't yet evident, but our soul sees it. And then we have the gift to articulate it, to get it out, whether that be through music, through visuals, through writing, through touching the human, we understand influence. Influence, when I looked at the word, it was a noun. What is a noun? Someone answer that for me. A person, place, a thing. Exactly. Influence. I looked more into it. There was another definition for it. 
that said it was a spiritual influence. Spiritual. Very interesting from uh, Webster's Dictionary. Spiritual. So it identified it to be a person, and it also identified it to be a spiritual thing. Would enable someone to influence someone else? We, that's the question people ask all the time. How'd your video go viral? Or how, how'd you get all those people to pay attention? It's a spiritual thing. It's all about agendas and timing and society. And if we look at society right now, there's a lot of references to people coming out of the closet being bipolar. People embracing death on a, a really strange level. I feel like we're in a death culture. That being acknowledged, you know, I started to do some digging. You know, I love to watch the internet <laughs> like it's TV. You find so many Net interesting. Neutrality. Yeah, you find so many interesting <laughs> things there, right? And so one day I was surfing the net and I found this video from this young guy. We're going to get into it. We're going to play. You know how we do. And this guy, his name is Bo Berman. And the name of his song is called Kill Yourself. It was published on June 9th. June, pay attention to these dates. June 9th, 2016. Who died between June 5th and June 9th? I can't recall. Kate Spade killed herself. That part. And also Anthony Bourdain killed himself between June 5th and June 9th. Kanye West also came out with an album on June 1st. So let's check out first Mr. Bo Berman. Let him tell us how he feels. <laughs> Shout out to Pingu, YouTube. How is anybody else at all? I'd like to kick you when times get rough. And you give your all. But it's not enough and sticks and stones might break your bones. But words can break your heart. But if you don't know where to go, I'll show you where to start. Kill yourself. Really, you should do it. There's a really nothing to it. Just uh, grab a mug and chug a couple lighter fluid. Okay, now. Whoa. 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 Pause. Creative. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. How do you feel, creative? What do you, what did what do you think? Because you know I got an opinion, but what you feeling? Is he is he a professional singer? He is a, a one man show slash comedian, and uh, he does give context. I wouldn't be a good journalist if I didn't allow the artist to give context. Let's proceed. I feel like you pulled back. <laughs> Maybe it's on account of the fact that I'm telling you to kill yourself over and over I'm just trying to make a simple point that these, that life's toughest problems don't have simple answers. You shouldn't just be brave. You shouldn't just roar. You shouldn't kill yourself. But I understand that it's a sensitive subject. You're probably just hearing me say that. And I've dealt with, I don't want to be insensitive. I sound unempathetic. I sound mean and rude. Suicide is an epidemic, and I don't want to be misconstrued. Signs of depression go overlooked. So if you're depressed, then you need to book a therapy session. Talk about your depression and let a professional hear it. But if you search for moral wisdom in Katy Perry's lyrics, then kill yourself. Interesting. Creative, what's your interpretation of what you just heard? I feel like he's he's telling people to um kill themselves. No, <laughs> no, but he's he's saying like he's saying like if you. Let's say like you um like your favorite artist Katy Perry or something like if you go to her for help or inspiration kill yourself cuz you need to go to a therapist and like that's the only way that's the way I interpreted it. Yep, he was very direct in that. I think he felt he used the word depression a few times, right? Mhm. Mm he that's interesting depression. Like I always ask myself, <laughs> why do we have to feel happy all the time if we have sad feelings? 
Mm-hmm. Right? If we have an emotional spectrum, why do we always want to feel one way all of the time? Isn't that how one becomes imbalanced, right? When you want to be on those high, high highs all of the time, I'll get personal. Don't you, think it'd, don't you think it'd be better to be on a high, high, high all the time if, if you really on that high, though? I used to think that, right? Mm-hmm. Until I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I fought it. I was diagnosed in 2010 and I fought it all the way up into 2016 where I became very unbalanced mentally and emotionally. I would wake up in the middle of the night and just start crying, but I was making great money. I had people that loved me and cared about me. I had the freedom to do what I want when I wanted. I traveled back to see my family twice in one year. Like I have a man that loves me and appreciates me, but I still had a sense and a feeling of despondence and and discouragement and disparity. And I felt like what I truly wanted in life wasn't going to be manifested. But even more so, I was like, why do I feel like this is such an inner battle to just be content with very simple things that are what life's all about, right? We Mm want to work hard so we can spend money in places that cost more expensive, right? Mm -hmm. We want to work harder so that we can give ourselves the illusion of security, but a lot of rich people, all they get robbed. Then we want to, you know, make a certain amount of money so that we can do anything we want in life. But then if we had all this money, but no sense of purpose or senses of our skills and talents, we wouldn't apply ourselves and we'd be stagnant with just a lot of money. Like there's a lot of stuff, but being a person who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I fought that because I'm like, nah, man, You know, I'm just having sad days. That doesn't mean I have this chemical imbalance, right? Mm -hmm. I started to really like go through different motions in life and experience different things. Um, And suicide was one of those Goliaths that I had to battle frequently from just basic discouragement or people getting on my nerves and making me say, I want to kill you. I thought about killing you. And Kanye West just put out a record and he's come out the closet about his bipolar disorder. And this is what he has to think about it <laughs> in terms of living and or dying. Kanye West is called, I thought about killing you. Released June 1st, 2018. Most beautiful thoughts are always besides the darkest. Today I seriously thought about killing you. I contemplated, premeditated murder. And I think about killing myself and I love myself way more than I love you, so. Today I thought about killing you, premeditated murder. You'd only care enough to kill somebody you love. The most beautiful thoughts are always inside the darkest. Just say it out loud to see how it feels. People say, don't say this, don't say that. Just say it out loud to see how it feels. Weigh all the options. Nothing's off the table. Today I thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. I think about killing myself and I I love myself way more than I love you. All right. I got a question. If I'm Kim Kardashian Mm -hmm. and I hear that song, I'm thinking about divorcing this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Elaborate. Like, are these his real thoughts or is he just making a song for entertainment? Well, you know, we've covered Kanye before. And he gave people, you called it. Let me tell you something. You called it creative. You said, okay, so if he comes out with another graduation, are we going to rock with him? Forget the, the comment that he made. You know, his album went number one. Mm-hmm. And the following week, he put out Kid Cudi's album. Wait, but not only that, he I mean, his, all teeth. seven of his songs on two charts were mm. at the top. We're at number one. So, all seven. Like you said, creative, he's going to come out with some hot music and people going to eat it up. 
And then now, you know, when he made those comments that he made, people yeah, were like, forgot. yeah, no, no. But when he made those comments that he made, people were saying, yo, something's not right with Kanye. Kanye, and something's not right. This Peter is Rosenberg, Hot 97, he was like, no matter what, I still, I'm not fucking with the album. Because yes, I got to stand my ground with the comments I've made uh, towards Kanye and what he said mm-hmm. during promotion of this album. Exactly. And so he feels this way. And I'm going to tell you why he feels this way. Because as a bipolar person, I understand the art in it. He's not being literal. This is not a literal, I thought about killing you today, but it is. It's that moment of reasoning with yourself where you know killing somebody else is wrong. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. That's why you say, I thought about killing you today. Today implies... I encountered some shit that made me want to just end it all. And I didn't care about my life in or out of jail. And I didn't care about taking your life, whether it was a literal physically taking your life or a a metaphysical or metaphorical statement of maybe you walked up to your favorite star and didn't get the response you thought you were going to get. Or maybe... Kanye West making these comments about his free thinking didn't get the response that he got. And so he says, you know what? I thought about killing you today, but I love myself more than I love you, which means I don't want to fucking jeopardize my freedom. So I'm not going to do that. But understand, I know that I say some fucked up shit and I thought about killing myself too, because I understand those moments when I do shit that doesn't have any logic and it feels like the most evilest, dumbest shit in the world. But I said it, and I can't take it back. So I thought about killing myself, but I love myself more than I love you, which means I'm not going to do that shit, and I'm not going to allow the negative keep me down, and I've had those personal battles myself. And you're not going to allow the negative to trigger you and to kill Exactly. There's a, there's a certain limit when you know. Like, as a bipolar person, I know not to physically harm people now, but it came at the cost of me physically harming someone and, and, and getting a repercussion that I did never, I did not, and I would never ever expect I would get that repercussion. And the whole time when I was in my consequences, not one time did my spirit allow me to say, well, this would have been hap- This would have never happened if this person didn't. It was like, no, <laughs> what part did you play in this shit? Own that. And then the even deeper revelation was, you're not healthy own that. Think about it. When people do fucked up shit to other people, it's because they're sad and they're hurt and they're going through things. And that's what this world is all about. People are killing themselves because they're not feeling happy and they're having these experiences that are ruining their lives. And because of that, because they don't know how to cope, they don't know how to go to a therapist or they don't have anyone in their corner that supports them. The suicide rate is at all time high. And, uh, I want to get into that. Well, last week, many were shocked by two high-profile dads, fashion mogul Kate Spade and celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain both took their own lives. The dads have ignited a conversation about suicide prevention. According to the CDC, the suicide rates are rising. It says nearly 45,000 Americans took their own lives in 2016. 25 states saw a 30% increase in suicides from 1999 to 2016. It's now the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. CBSN political contributor Michael Graham has a new op-ed on CBSNews.com focusing on this public health crisis and its potential political impact. He spoke with my colleague, Elaine Quijano. Do you understand what's going on in this planet right now, people? Stylus, how you feel about what you just heard? I feel too much. Uh, it's been propagated. Mm-hmm. I believe that there have been impressions uh, systematically that have affected our youth who are in broken homes. And I speak from a place of a broken home growing up. Okay. Single parent household parent working multiple jobs just to provide and being isolated because of how the system put pressure on the parents. And it affected me until I was touched by the light of God within a spark 
to understand my surrounding more than react to my surrounding. Mm -hmm. And it's what's going on is real. However, it's, I believe, part of the information. Hmm. Well, I think that there's an agenda. I'm not conspiracy theorist at times. I think I don't believe in conspiracy theory. Well, I'm just saying the world and it's it's falsehood. I just think that if suicide is at an all time high, but you've had people for the past two years, we've been looking at one clip was from 2016 and they were perpetuating suicide. And then Kanye West comes out two years later and he's like, I thought about killing myself. And so the world is changing. But what? But humanity is like losing. Why? Why is losing? humanity losing? Let's find out. Exciting time in my entire career, and I think that is a result of the questions that can be answered today that we couldn't answer before. We are able to see connections in areas that once seemed totally separate. Do you understand, creative? I think it's um, like I know there's uh, mental health and stuff like that but i think like a lot of people they're just sick of being here yeah like it's set up like he was saying with uh, parents got to work multiple jobs the pay is low uh we basically just live to work and pay bills all the commercials everything's it's geared by 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 it's all low energy so let's yeah let's adjust that because we're in the time in the world where people are connected now more than ever we have answers we have understanding about things but people are still killing themselves because they're not happy and why aren't they happy well let's get into that because i have an answer because a good journalist I want does some answers. Here we are. I, know, I, I want got the some answers. Sway. I got the answers. Here, here we go. Let's get into it. This is why people are not happy. Okay. This is why. Jason A. Shout out Jason A.'s YouTube. He has great videos. Check him out. YouTube forward slash Jason A. If you just do this, this is going to be the answer. This is going to fix. And fill in that, that void in your life and, and you're going to feel complete and fulfilled and satisfied. And so we go through life looking for the perfect career, looking for the perfect spouse, looking for the perfect house, we look for the perfect car. Everything in life always has a new car smell to it for a while. <laughs> and as I got in mine tonight, I thought, mine smells like pizza. <laughs> And it never lasts because there's nothing about this world that has any lasting power towards it. Because death, because of sin, is the thematic force of the universe and everything around us will eventually age and die. But you see, the enemy of our soul understands this weakness within us. And so he basically is always trying to come in and say, you know what, if, if you just do this, if you just do this, this is going to be the answer. This is going to fix and fill in that, that void in your life and, and you're going to feel complete and fulfilled and satisfied. So creative, what do you think now hearing that response to your question? Right there. I, I got it. Um, I feel like all this stems from pressures of the world. Yes. So pressure to get married, pressure to buy a house. Pre- like, this is how your life's supposed to go. Get the good job. If you remove all them pressures, I think everybody would be okay. Well, let's talk about, you said that, right. There's the stipulation of us having to be a certain way. Who's lying to us? The meek may inherit the earth, but a bold preacher has his eye on the heavens. And he's asking his flock to get him there in style. We want that 7X. We believe in God for it. In a video posted to his website last week, televangelist Jesse Duplantis says God told him he needs the new Falcon 7X jet. That if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Think about that for a minute. 
He'd be in an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. He is the second prominent televangelist this year to preach the virtues of a private plane. Duplantis is not the first minister to preach the gospel of private flying. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. In 2015, Creflo Dollar asked his suburban Atlanta congregation for a new Gulfstream G650. His ministry settled for a used one. Father, we thank you, sir. Duplantis is not the first minister to preach the gospel of private flight. This past January, another televangelist, Kenneth Copeland, announced the blessing of a Gulfstream 5. I've owned three different jets in my life and I and used them and just burning them up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Copeland. I have to stop I there. I used them and just burning them up for the... What? No, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Shout out to Jason A. His video is called This Video Will Expose Everything 2018 through 2019. It was published on June 2nd. You can find Jason A. on YouTube. Shout out to Jason A. for making great videos. Um, I've been following him for at least four years now. That being said, this week, also in the news, the budget of Lakewood's church, which is Joel Osteen, Biggest church in America. Guess how much of their budget goes towards actual missions and helping people? I want to mm -hmm. know. Let Guess how know. many? Guess how much? I want to know. How much? 30%? Uh, no, no, no. Lower? You are kind. What do you think, Cyrus? <laughs> what? what? Uh, 90? No. 1% of their budget of $85 million. Shut up. Let me tell you. The article reports... 1% of their budget of $89 million goes towards outreach and missions. $11 million goes... Why are you putting your head down, Silas? Because <laughs> this is not the first. Let me tell you something. This is you know, just an ongoing thing. Let me tell you what I'm... What, from what I've researched and what I've experienced and what I've seen over the years... It showed in the report what their budgets go on, all right? People give to the church because they believe they're doing the work of God. I worked for a financial planning firm for three years. We managed the wealth of millionaires. And you know how they became millionaires? They created financial systems. They understood how to make money work as a tool. They understood even spiritual principles of giving to organizations in which they saw fruit. Fruit meaning results, okay? So, that being acknowledged, <laughs> people have been given to the church, black people have been given to the black church for so long. Mm -hmm. If your preacher can afford a million, a $65 million plane, everybody in the church needs to have a house and or a condo. That's, yep. that's my personal opinion, right? And so, you have these preachers telling people that... uh <laughs> You know what? This is the key to life. And, and God wants me to have this. And God wants me to have that. And in my Bible, because I'm a woman who studies hermeneutics, okay? Hermeneutics mm -hmm. is the study of scripture in its original context in both the Hebrew and the Aramaic, okay? Mm-hmm. I've been studying this since 2005. It's 2018. And I've also studied spiritual warfare. And what I've learned in all of this is that people have been duped by fear <laughs> the fear that god Facts. doesn't love them the fear that they have to work harder be better do more to be exalted as the preacher when the preacher is only charismatic i write a book by hank hanegraaff and it's called christianity in crisis and i have volume one and volume two and i've read them both and they expose these very specific preachers that i just gave examples on today in 2018 he gave Exposition, uh, exposition on them in 26 2006 2007 okay and that all being acknowledged um people are giving and they're trying to buy hope but they're in they're ending up empty-handed and so people are getting fed up you have comedians that are fighting with their audience you have child actors that are fucking killing themselves through heroin overdoses you have the popular world DJ Aviche killing himself. You have, wait, you have people addicted to all kinds of things, but yes. What about, wait, wait, did 
hieroglyphics did the tablets what did it say of hope what tablets the tablets before the other the books the scriptures of the creator's relationship with human beings the physical through... tablets no, the I'm... stones no, sketched I know. upon i'm giving you an answer from the concept of canonization which is what we have now the bible it just means it was put through a process of Wait, it was put through a process of taking those scrolls that you're speaking of and aligning them with actual historical events, aligning them with prophecies being fulfilled through specific regions on the planet that were very much specified in the scriptures from the point of view of Jesus. Um, a lot of people talk about we're in the last days, we're in the last days, and we're in the last days. These are the signs. How do we know the signs? How do we know if it's real? Matthew chapter 23 and 24, Jesus addresses all of this. He speaks about the Catholic Church. He speaks about the specific region that they were in that would not be there any longer. And now those places aren't there any longer. He told us not to be swept away by rhetoric. Meaning, the Messiah was found in Puerto Rico. Or, uh, don't be swept away by rhetoric like there are earthquakes happening everywhere. But then we find out that people are building communities underground. And also doing certain tests using frequencies to disrupt things. To test humanity's response to it. So that they know what they get away with. We know these things, but we don't address these things. The scriptures speak to it. Jesus kept saying to the disciples, look, if you need a sign here, I'll give you some signs. But what I really want you to focus on is loving people. And that's what the world is missing. People who commit suicide are people who don't feel loved and valued. These comedians that are having these outbursts to hecklers are like you know what fuck you don't treat me this way give me some love the child actor who went to heroin he was chasing high because he didn't want to hear the voices he didn't want to feel that shit vici drank himself to the point where his pancreas had so many problems and then he ended up committing suicide why let's get into it let's start with why let's get into it i have the footage let's start with Miss Lisa Lampanelli. She's a phenomenal female comic. But uh, she was doing a set. She had a heckler. And uh, this was her response. She was not happy about it. This is what's wrong with the world today. Thanks, TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Harv? <laughs> The guy hands her a hundred dollar bill to shut up. What's Boom. her name? This is Lisa Lampanelli. Wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, mm -hmm. shout out Andy Kaufman. Shout out and rest in peace, Andy Kaufman. And rest in peace. Now, why do you say that about Andy? He knew how to rev the engine. But that was he his intention. He put a fire. But that was his intention. Who's writing this script? 
and what's her intention because until I've you never seen an interview. Let me tell you something. You're right. That's genius. <laughs> okay, so people, you know what? You're fucking genius. So so creative. Do you know who Andy Kaufman is? Did you see that uh, Jim Carrey film, Man on the Moon? No, I ain't seen that. All right. Oh, please so, do. Let me please. give you so shout out, rest in peace, the spirit of uh, Andy Kaufman. He was a comedian, actor, character, extraordinaire, writer because who pulled pranks on he his pulled audience. pranks on his audience. He would pay someone to do something in the audience, outrageous, to, outrageous. to cause conflict. Exactly. Then to he would confuse the audience. To confuse the audience, then he would have this extreme outburst. And then it would be really nothing, and he would re- reveal to the audience that it was a joke. Yes. And people were like, oh, like you got us going. And, and he's like, oh. but Andy Kaufman, <laughs> Andy Kaufman's genius was that he believed he was a behavioral scientist. Yeah. He would introduce certain characters that interrupt the norm to get a certain response. But with Lisa. I think that this was extremely organic. I think she's like, you know what? I'm up here entertaining the people who want to be here. And you mofos want to fucking cause me issues. And I know how she feels because as a bipolar woman, I had to go and partake community anger management classes, court appointed. Okay. And there was this woman there. She was an older woman. And she said to me that she had Alzheimer's disease. And I don't know about the rest of the world and the research that they've encountered. And those of you who have uh, friends and relatives that are experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's. I don't think that they would be driving and going to meetings and having cognitive conversations with strangers. Right? Based on the research that we have. They, yeah. You have to protect people with Alzheimer's. A friend of mine's grandmother had it, and she had a home aid nurse that was with her by her side every day. Alzheimer's patients have to stay in bounds. All doors have to be locked. They don't have as access well to as, driver's licenses, as well do they? As dementia because this patients, woman's driving herself. Dementia <laughs> and Alzheimer's are a part of the same group, and I speak from field experience absolutely we know that you uh stylist for those of you that don't know specializes he's certified to deal with autistic people people with these different disorders and beyond and beyond and he's certified and he's worked in those industries you know throughout his career before he became successful in his art so all that being said i think right now what we're experiencing is people being fed up with the bullshit i think she genuinely just clap back because she's like i'm fed up with you and then you wanted to know about avici you said why do you think avici killed himself and uh this is what they think he was talking last year about a moment of spiritual rebirth he had been to peru uh he was relaunching his life and career uh and now not a year after that we are mourning his death Avicii quickly became one of the hottest producers in the music industry. Collaborating with superstars like Beyonce and Coldplay. He was one of a kind, producing the beat of a generation. Released in 2013, Avicii's most famous song, Wake Me Up, became the most streamed song on Spotify that year. An innovator, one of only a handful of DJs who transcended turntables to become a solo artist and sought-after producer. The music world shocked at his passing. The music industry was stunned today by the death of one of its biggest stars at the age of... The 28-year-old super producer behind hits by Madonna and Coldplay found dead at a hotel Friday in Oman, seen here just days ago with fans. Even if you didn't know his name, you undoubtedly heard his prolific music. The Swedish DJ, born Tim Berkling, began mixing at 16. Quickly gaining fame, he started touring at age 18. At a very young age, it is likely that his pancreatitis was due to his lifestyle, to his partying. He is someone who is making millions of dollars a weekend, DJing all over the world. 
this is a very big business. He lived a life of excess and celebration. Uh, that kind of feeling is reflected in the music he was playing to these massive crowds, but he lived it a little too large. So you see, Creative, what do you think? Too much party. So pretty much just no accountability. Right, mm -hmm. he just reckless abandonment. Yeah, yeah, he got caught up in the flesh of life as opposed to where he was in isolation to himself through self awareness. That's what I get from it, and and also what I, you know, I'm I'm vibing off of what creative is that is just like he he got caught up in going green light go go but, go but, go but go is it is it that he got caught up in going or was it that he was in those environments and just did not feel himself self-awareness and so he had to self-medicate and the choices that he chose harmed him faster than he understood that they would why did he take it why because like I said, medicate? like I know. Okay, so I have an episode, right? I'm I'm seven years old. I've done the world famous Apollo at least ten times in my life before it became repopular now on Fox. Okay, I've won it live on Showtime and was on TV years ago. Even in that, I did all of the uh, amateur nights at the Apollo with Mr. Ralph Cooper's and Mr. Ralph Cooper Jr. His son. Okay, they started the Apollo. FYI, um, I. Remember being like seven on stage and we sang the same song over and over and over. I could sing that song frontwards, backwards, sideways. This particular performance, I'm on stage, I'm singing and I look out in the audience and I just become aware of how many people are looking at me. And I get nervous and then I crack vocally and I look at everyone and I start crying and I run off stage to my dad who was standing right there in the middle of the performance. And it's like, that always stuck with me. My dad's response was not fatherly, and we won't get into that today. Is but, it, is, but even as, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to continue. Even as, as a performer, I have a performance this Friday. There's still a certain level of anxiety that, that comes with it that makes you feel like, what am I doing? Why do these people want to hear me? Am I good enough? Am I going to pull this shit off? There's still a certain level of anxiety. And so I can understand why people go to substances to try to, you know, make themselves feel a certain way. And then sometimes, you know, because substances affect people differently, they may take more like a higher dose of some shit, you know, and it can affect them harder, faster, stronger. So what makes celebrities specifically go to a substance? Because this isn't the first Casualty. Let's not say celebrities. Let's just say what what makes these people that are in those positions go that way because they're at a high pressure. There are millions of people looking to them for life guidance and they did not sign up for that shit. They did not sign up to be your role model. They did not sign up to be a world changer. They enjoyed the true artist anyways. They enjoyed simply creating and putting it out there for people to enjoy. But the music business is a beast of its own. The music business, the world at large, politics, anyone who's given influence, which is what we talked about earlier, the ability to, to, to speak to masses of people and cause them to act with your call to action is someone that the elites regard. And the elites only regard specific things. They try to make it about being a example or being special you know what i mean they try to make you feel like because you have this talent or ability that they're willing to exploit you're somehow better than other people and that's just simply not true how do you feel creative i feel like a lot of it too is just again the pressure the pressures of the world because uh drugs and all that is a cool thing to do and mm -hmm. all their friends are doing it. The people at the Hollywood parties are doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they get addicted to doing it. And it's that's the thing. When he's, when he's DJing, everybody's doing it. That's just the thing to do. Yeah. And they get caught up in that. Pretty much. But then not only that, 
once they're in that nightclub for a few hours, the, the world seems great, right? Because everybody in there is high, they're drunk, they're happy. But when you step outside, you realize what the fuck is going on. And right now, people aren't happy. They're using drugs because they don't feel like their life... It's like once, once the party stops, then what? Once the party stops, then what? But people... They're trying to cope, and this is. <laughs> let's check this out. Something's wrong in America. You do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Something's wrong. Check this out. We have shocking video of what's going on in one of the busiest BART stations in the Bay Area. <laughs> Open IV drug use, unconscious men and women, piles of vomit on either side of the hallways. And one more, I just, I gotta pull out the camera. I gotta show my friends this. They're not gonna believe it. It's, I mean, you can see there's dozens of them. And needles everywhere, crack, heroin. And like cities across the country, they have a problem. I'm looking for the needles so nobody gets poked. I see needles, I see OD, I see... I see drugs being sold, drugs being done, drugs being stuffed in their mouths. But so far, both the city and BART have proven no match for a human crisis that offers no easy solutions. Has this problem just gotten markedly worse recently? Uh, yes, it has. Well, on a recent BART trip, one of our reporters came across hypodermic needles. BART admits it is simply overwhelmed by the crisis that has landed in its hallways. We're in the midst of a national homelessness crisis, and, and we're also in the middle of a national drug crisis. Right now, our entire region is struggling to find answers for an explosion of homelessness and cheap, powerful narcotics. And if you're BART, well, you are not immune to the problems in the communities you serve. So this, for now, is the status quo, a daily commute through a human crisis that shows no end. You do. You feel bad for these people in a way. I mean, because you are human and you see them. This isn't going anywhere, it looks like. It's just getting worse. I see. So people are... They're full not... of shit. I'm sorry. All right. People are fucking full of shit. That's my opinion. Non-disclosure between this party and the listeners. Because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. we are all accountable. However, we are not taught accountability within the institutions that we trust in. But what do you mean? Well, I think... I think that we did trust in them, but they failed us. No, and no. First off, we had to trust in them after slavery. Post-slavery, we had no choice but to fall in line. We did not know the system, and it was not our system that was already in place through forefathers. What do you mean? This... Is a delicate situation, but it's about factual information. Mm -hmm. And it's about acknowledging truth. And I believe that all of us at some point live a lie. Mm -hmm. What lie? The lie that we're actually the, happy when we The we're lie not. that when we go out into the world that everything is okay. <laughs> Well, let's think about that. Let's listen about that. Like, like home versus the world. Let's see. I'm curious. The video quickly garnered strong reactions from people shocked by its brutality. People losing their minds. That a sledgehammer road rage attack caught on camera in Philadelphia. Take a look at your screen. This surveillance video shows a driver smashing the windows on an SUV in this parking lot. The case is already making headlines across the country and in the United Kingdom. We certainly want to provide assistance and help and justice for what appears to be a victim of a serious crime. And a driver who quickly gets out of the truck with a sledgehammer and starts swinging. A passenger in the silver car opens the door and falls out. And in the distance on the right of your screen, you can see the passenger get hit with the sledgehammer. Eddie Daxton and George Gaynor work across the street and arrived on the scene minutes after the incident. Get distracted. Society today is spiraling out of control, I think, and these are some of the results. You see what I mean, creative? He would have got shot. <laughs> who, the guy who came and, and, and put, your, like, put the sledgehammer through the car, you wouldn't have been scared and driven though? <laughs> Man, he would have got every bullet in that gun. 
I just think that people are losing their minds because of all of the bullshit that's going on. And I also think it's because we have taken spiritual awareness out of society. People are always talking about, you know, where is God? Why is this happening when things go bad? You know what I mean? Let me ask you, are we losing our minds or are we waking up to the simple fact that this is not the world that was, nor is this a world that's connected to our history. However, we have connection because of our DNA. And right now we're understanding the significance, if not, because there are some people who just don't care. They're just so caught up in the material that they can't even stop to think. And when they do, they glitch. And when people glitch, I feel like that adds to the off balance, which adds separation and alignment of things in the human brain. They told us for a long time that we only had 10% that we actually used in our brain. However, when they experiment with psychedelics, and different chemical drugs, compounds that they do, they go further in the brain. So how can the human brain actually only hold 10% if we are created in the image of God? Elo, Elohim. So who is of and who isn't? Because at the end of the day, there's confusion. The devil is present when there's confusion. Our Bible says that. So at that sense... The people who acknowledge the spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. when do we truly take the accountability in and truly have faith? I think we can have faith. I think we can acknowledge God. I think we can do all of those things. But the fact of the matter is there are certain spirits in in, in people. Spirits or impressions. Well, there are certain people that have control over things and they're engineering things to make us feel a certain way. Social media is the cause of a lot of depression. People look at people's timelines and they believe that these people are experiencing these things in real time and that they really feel this way. Who's controlling the TV? Remember, the internet, the computer is a consolidated television Mm -hmm. device. At the end of the day, it's the same story that happened in the 1920s. It it happened during the entire era of modernization of modern human beings. So it's like if, if, if celebrities are saying, hey, don't blame me. You take responsibility for your child and don't just leave them in front of a fucking TV. The internet is a fucking TV, but it's faster speed. So the brain works faster and the child at this point is going to receive things faster because children always learn because they're human sponges from the day they are born Mm -hmm. until their conscious awakening and then they take that information they soak up to translate into physical material and manifestation of this world we live in that's my belief okay all i'm just trying to say is that (laughs) there are some things (laughs) (laughs) no thank you for sharing i'm just saying i believe that the, the people are killing themselves because of all of these different things like misinformation misinformation and they're economic getting imbalance yes that's economic what i'm saying you have that's what we've been talking parents, about we've the, been the we've been homes. we've been talking about that we've been talking about people making light of this we've been talking about people with illnesses mentally that are allowed to speak to the masses and and they have a different life and outlook on things we've we've seen other people getting fed up and lashing out and people want to deem them to be mentally ill. We've seen people who are looking to drugs to cope with things and they're overdosing. You know what I mean? All I'm just trying to say is that this epidemic of suicide and mental illness needs to be addressed. It's like, you know what? The real culprit is not whether or not you're consistently having happy moments. What we should be learning how to do is create a lifestyle that we love. And not be so concerned with what other people think about it. Like, what we love? Yeah, like what we Break personally love. Down. What do well, you mean? we need to figure out what we personally like. 
why we like it. Do more. Is of the that things what it's about? We need to do more of the things that we enjoy. And as we do that, we won't get so caught up in what other people are doing. When we're constantly looking at other people's social media, that's called being a busybody. You know what I mean? And so this is how I feel. I agree with this video here from Absolute Motivation. You're dealing with an addictive generation. This is a big time bomb ticking. This is no accident. To try to make these products as addictive as possible. Spike in dopamine. You know, we now know that many of the major social media companies hire individuals called attention engineers who borrow principles from Las Vegas casino gambling, among other places, to try to make these products as addictive as possible. That is the desired use case of these products, is that you use it in an addictive fashion because that maximizes the profit that can be extracted from your attention and data. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The way the technologist Darren Lanier puts it is that these companies offer you shiny treats in exchange for minutes of your attention and bytes of your personal data, which can then be packaged up and sold. What happened is that the attention economy and this race for attention got more and more competitive. And the more competitive it got to get people's attention on, say, a news website, the more they need to add these design principles, these more manipulative design tactics, as ways of holding on to your attention. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. Social media tools are designed to be addictive. The actual design, desired use case of these tools is that you fragment your attention as much as possible throughout your waking hours. That's how these tools are designed to use. Well, we have a growing amount of research which tells us that if you spend large portions of your day in a state of fragmented attention, so large portions of your day where you're constantly breaking up your attention, take a quick glance, do a just check, and just quickly look at Instagram, that this can permanently reduce your capacity for concentration. I am especially worried about this when we look at the younger generation coming up, which is the most saturated in this technology. It's very addictive because if you pull on the slot machine arm enough, you will win. And you never know which poll will reward you. Creative. Mm-hmm. Stylist. That shit was deep. We are being programmed to feel a certain way, to react a certain way. And because we're not getting healthy attention, we're looking to social media to get attention. And when that's not giving us attention, that plays on our psychological, which means we're more apt to be depressed even more because we feel like, oh my God, I should be so, so much further along than I already am. Let me ask Look you, at this person. They are, are we, you know? Are we not getting healthy attention or are we? Because at the end of the day, I believe it's really through the identification. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Much like the whole intersectionality yeah. theory. Our experiences shape our, shape our responses to things. So it's saying, where do we draw the line? Because when we reach a fork in the road, which to me is like a seed planted in the brain, mm -hmm. an idea, do we go left or do we go right? I think it's more so about finding contentment in who you are as a person. But people don't know who they are. You know, some, <laughs> but people are learning. I believe that. I believe in the human spirit. I feel I like. I agree. We all learn. However, some really allow the light bulb to click and some ignore it by feeding into certain things they know they can control. However, lack the accountability because maybe it wasn't taught. Well, I'm glad you said that because Jennifer Lewis is a favorite of mine and she thinks this way. I think she'll help us. I, I got no problem talking about bipolar disorder or anything that I went through or am going through. It doesn't go away. Mania is exhausting and it can ruin your entire life and your family's life and those who love you. You've got to look in the mirror. You've got to see that something's wrong. You then have to make a choice whether you want to live or not. It took my therapist five years to convince me to get on medication. Cause I was like, bitch, please, I ain't getting on that bullshit. I'm just a little, you think? Oh yeah, they have to walk around like a right? fucking zombie and y'all take my egg. This is what I do. You then have to be patient for your level 
of medication if you choose to do that. Nobody's gonna save you. Nobody's gonna rescue you. Nobody can wear your shoes. You have to make your own bed, build your own house. Do your best, leave the rest. Can't handle every fucking thing. Love yourself so that love will not be a stranger when it comes. And it will come if you take care of yourself. So go get a tiger. Yeah, I know you. I love myself. So there we are, people. Every day is not going to be fucking perfect. But we are commissioned to heal and move forward. And we tackle mental health simply by acknowledging that we want more in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you want more in life, take care of yourself. Get healthy. Be vocal about where you are. Talk to someone. I know that we all get so caught up in our personal lives. There is someone in that phone of yours that will listen to you. It may not be the person that you want to listen to you, but there is someone that does love you that's checking for you. You know what I mean? We heal and we move forward. There are people like Jada Pinkett Smith sharing her story about how she wanted to kill herself. There are people like Kofi Sorobi, who from Queen Sugar, who is speaking out about mental illness because he has someone close to him that killed themselves. There are people who are actually stepping out and addressing how we can heal and move forward from this epidemic of depression. If you need to cut off social media, cut it off. If you need to stop watching television, cut it off. And start finding value in the things that you desire. And if that's meaningful conversation with real people, not just virtual likes and friend requests, then get out there and stop mingling. You know what that sounds like? What? Taking it back to the 60s on up. Mm -hmm. Cutting off to 2000 where children could go out and play with their neighbors. Mm -hmm. You know? So children were neighborly. Children had social skills. Children were allowed to express their creativity socially. Yeah. Now, recreations are limited. There's more clubs and sports arenas being built for adults. And the children are left out and forced to partake and be curious about what the adults are doing. That's true. So they're maturing quicker through their ideas. However, they don't understand their chemical balance. Yeah. Creative, what do you think? Um, yeah, I believe it's the pressures of the world. And um, I learned something about myself tonight that uh, the reason why I am the way I am is believed because I, I've removed the pressures of the world. And mm-hmm. I'm carefree. Like, Amen. None, of this, none of this matters. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, in the Bible, the one of the dopest books that I like to is a uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's written by King David's son Solomon. And uh, Solomon, we know him as the wisest man, and the reason why he was deemed the the wisest man is because when his birthright was up for grabs, and God came to him and said, "Ask me of anything, I'll give it to you because of my love for David." Solomon asked for wisdom, the ability to know what to do, and the courage to take action once you know. And, you know, I know this world is hard. I struggle with my situation sometimes. Sometimes I have great days. Sometimes I have awful days. Sometimes I have days that start off bad and then they end up good. But the one thing I constantly do to myself is just try to point out the good things, and that's wisdom. Wisdom would be to start to celebrate what is. Surround yourself with people who love you. And those of us who claim to be friends, we need to make ourselves available. When our friends do call and reach out to us, we need to make ourselves available to have those conversations. You know what I mean? And say, hey, this shit feels fucked up, but you know what? Tomorrow is going to be better. And that's what my whole name, New Day, represents. After the darkest hours the dawning of a new day and so if you wake up breathing and you can handle the next situation you're winning so keep pushing through because it will get better if you believe 
That's all I got to say. Uh, Join us next week. We'll be once again diving into intersectionality, talking about how our life experiences shape us into who we are and what we're dealing with. If you are encountering someone, be kind to them. Don't be ignorant. Don't be mean. You know what I mean? Just believe for the best and treat people right. Creative, you have anything to say to the people before we end? Nah, nah, just uh, keep pushing. Stylus, you have anything to say? Stay strong, and I got another song, you know, from DJ, original <laughs> Stylus, OS in the system. I just, yeah, get it, get it, I get care it. about the people, so I just want to give y'all some inspiration as we uh, proceed. Cool, well, Chardonnay, drink it. Roll that joint up. Candorish and Chardonnay. Reach out to T, a.k.a. She is New Day, stylist and creative bully. We love you guys. Blip, blip, blip. <laughs>